So in today's episode of the Healing Place podcast, I get to sit down with my friend David Young. And David and I have been friends probably around 10 years or so, and uh, dates back to when our boys uh, started playing basketball together in Argyle. So we just talk about raising our boys and more specifically, how we started feeling as fathers of boys who were transitioning from high school into college and how basically clueless we were about all the things when you start thinking about your sons becoming an adult, like where are they gonna go to school and what are they gonna major in and how we're gonna pay for all this stuff. We get also into the conversation about how guys sometimes find it really difficult to reach out to other men for help and how really helpful that can be if we do that. And then finally, we end with David telling us about his interest in Eagle Scouts and his podcast, The Eagle Scout Show. And uh, it's just, it's great to hear from David about uh, his interest in Scouts. And I just want you to get introduced to David because he's such a great storyteller and he's got a lot of stories to tell. And we are back. Hey, David. Hey. How are you, brother? I'm doing great. Welcome to the Healing Place podcast. Thanks. Dude, didn't wear your flat bill today. I'm not a flat bill guy. My head is ginormous. No, dude, you got good hair. You yeah, got great my hair. My head is ginormous. I can't do the hat. <laughs> it looks like it should have an elastic strap under it. It's not okay, good. It's okay. not a good look. So, man, I've been dying for us to sit down, and we've we've talked for hours, right? But oh, we've yeah. never, ever captured the recordings on a podcast. So here we go. So I wanted to, let's dive in first and just, man, tell everybody how we met, okay? So do you remember back the first time you and I met? It was because our boys were in school together and we're right. friends, right? So our boys who are, mine's 20, I'm guessing yours is 20 also. 20. Yeah. So they're best friends mm -hmm. and have been since about the third grade. And so uh, your son Jack, my son Carson. Right. So I know you said you don't want to embarrass Jack, so I'll try not to do that. So I was gonna say, <laughs> I just have a couple of goals. And one of them, my wife always tells me don't embarrass the family. So there I'm gonna try go. not to embarrass Jack. Uh, but um, and if if you're listening to this and not watching it, it's a blessing. There's no makeup today. I was completely misled by that. <laughs> so um, but uh, yeah, so I don't remember exactly when we met, but I know that our kids mm -hmm. were playing basketball together, and you were coaching. Yes. Yeah. That was my first yes. foray into coaching. Uh, and it's funny because with youth ministry and uh, you know being involved around my wife's teaching career, I had done a few teaching, coaching, slash, you know, kind of things. But man, being a basketball coach. At yeah. that, even for that age, that's a daunting deal. That I, I thought, dude, I play basketball. I know what I'm doing. Right. But Scott Davis was a real basketball. He's coach, a legit basketball like a coach. legit. Yeah. And then, that makes it harder. Well, and then so he'd leave, and I was like, let's just play knockout, right? And so right. they loved when Scott wasn't there for practice, and I was leading. But man, one time he actually had to be gone for a game. Oh dear. And I'm thinking, how hard could this be, right? But dude, all of the different like objectives when you're coaching at right. that age, it's not just like win the game, right? But it's like you've got all these 
parents in the stands who want their kid to play. You're managing people on the bench, how much playing time. You've got the clock. you got timeouts. you got to help you the referees do offense, their job. defense. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh that, yeah. I, I will say hats off to anybody who coaches, uh, and especially at that age. Well, and in Argyle, Texas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Argyle, Texas is super competitive yeah. at everything, mm-hmm. and it goes from the parents on down. Really, mostly the parents, but yeah, but that's a tough spot. But we actually won the game that I coached. Okay, yeah, we'll go you know, with that. You know why, yeah. right? Because yeah. I because I benched our kids and I said, throw the ball to Lavelle. Make yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> feed the Lavelle yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, our kids were playing basketball. What fifth and sixth grade yep. together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I would always hear about Carson, right? And then uh, you know he'd come over to the house and and we'd see Carson and and those two dum dums would kind of do their thing. Um, I do remember one funny story. I'll embarrass Carson. I don't care anything about embarrassing go. that kid. Never liked him. Um, he, uh, so we're in the pool. Uh, the two boys are in the pool and we're just hanging out in the back porch and my wife's in the front yard, animal lover, sees this stray dog. And so she doesn't want to get run over. So she opens the gate to let the dog in the backyard, um, to not get run over. And the dog sprints to the pool Jumps in the air and lands right on top of Carson. It just destroys him. Scratches him up, it. trying not to drown. Yeah. And so then we had to call Jamie because we didn't know you guys. We're like, hey, uh, your kid's your all kids, torn up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's good. I remember that like it was I, yesterday. And I don't remember it. At and Carson's at all. a quiet kid. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it was especially <laughs> bad. But yeah. Yeah, well, that's better than us. He went down on a scooter one time, said his leg was hurting. And I'm like, you know, rub dirt on his son. It'll be all right. And he had broken his leg. I oh, yeah? had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> he was hobbling around for, <laughs> for a while. I felt really bad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Most people are turning this off right now. They're like, so, so, no. So, yeah. so our boys became, you know, really, really good friends. And man, look, Jack is one of those kids that when you find out that he's one of your son's best friends, you're like, Thank you, Jesus. Jack's like, a good li- kid. Jack's a good kid, yeah. man. He's a great kid. And then, you know, I saw you at basketball game stuff, but when we finally got to know each other and go hang out, you know, right. it, it was like, okay, this guy, they came, Jack came from good stock. You know, you and Amy. Now, Amy teaches at, tell, tell everybody what she, grade she, she teaches. She teaches first grade at Hilltop. She's taught yeah. first through fourth there, but but mostly first. Hilltop. Most recently first. Elementary in Argyle. Argyle. Yeah. yeah. So She's really good at it. So yeah, so our, going back to our boys. So they're these good, good friends, and they're good boys, and they're not getting into s- some of the same old, same old trouble that we got into when right. we were their age, right? And we think, man, these guys, they're they're good kids, right? And you just kind of figure they're. I mean, Jack's really, really smart, yeah. right? And Super Carson is smart. Super smart. Uh, they're both smart in different ways, yeah. right? And they're different, right? But you just feel like. If anybody's going to have the kind of college thing down, right? Sure. It's going to be our boys. Sure. And, you know, we we didn't want to overfunction, which most of us do as parents. Sure. But we wanted to give them enough guidance to, you know, obviously help them be successful. But then our boys, <laughs> it's interesting, the route they've taken, right? Well, I've been telling myself over and over again, for the last several years, it doesn't turn out the way you think it's going to. Yeah. And that's okay. Yep. It's okay that it doesn't go the way you think it's going to. It never does. And then when you start to break it down and you think about your own journey, or I know my journey, 
never went the way that I thought it was going to. And God bless yeah. my parents, it sure didn't go the way they thought it was going to. Yeah. So and we all survived it. We're okay. So I told you, David, and, and literally, you know, I did just say, let's, we're not going to prepare. We're just going to show up and start talking. Right. But, but I, and we're going to get to some of the stuff that you're interested in and even a podcast you're doing later. Oh, yeah. yeah we're yeah, going to yeah, come yeah. back to that. Yeah. But I do, I think there's a lot of parenting nuggets here and some fathering nuggets, right, right for our listeners, because, man, I'm, I'm still surprised. I just heard yesterday another couple say that they heard one of our podcasts on marriage, and it brought them literally to Cross Timbers and brought them into marriage counseling. Oh, wow. Because we talked about how dysfunctional our marriages were in year one and two, sure. and they said, hey, we know we're in the right place, right? And they they were very complimentary. So you never know who's going to hear this right. and what they're going to glean. But so so let's just say we could have a long conversation about whether we think the whole idea of going to four-year university is a good idea or not. That's a whole sure. other conversation, sure. right? But let's just assume that we're all in agreement. That's the next step. Our kids want to go, and we want them to go to college. Right. Right? What are some—you said it never turns out the way you think never. it was going to, but it's okay. Yeah. What are some, if you will, fallacies that if you look back now, three or four years ago, some things that you were thinking— like bedrock principle kind of thinking about college and like your son and where he was going to go and the kind of experience he was going to have, that now looking back, you would tell David, hey, dude, don't worry about it. Like, right. chill out. It's going to be okay. Okay. I think, so So Jack, um, very high achieving, very intelligent, really good test scores, um, applied to a lot, a lot of schools. Um, that are traditionally very prestigious universities. Um, that was not a good experience for Jack. Uh, I could speculate on why, but I don't know. He he got turned down by a lot of the schools, and so. Um, and I'm talking about brilliant kid, high like high IQ, super, uh, just like super anybody would have been blessed to have that kid at their university, but didn't and, didn't work out. And hyper competitive, <clears throat> yep. hyper competitive, which I think is important if you're going to be in that type of academic environment. Mm -hmm. Now, personally, there are some strong positives there. Um, one thing that I do believe is that it would be very difficult for him to carry his Christian faith to some of those universities and be mm -hmm. successful. Um, I don't know that for a fact, but that's just what I think as a dad, I think that would have been difficult. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he decided to go to Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. Carson was going to Oklahoma State. Mason was going to Oklahoma State. A lot of their buddies for going. And he had a friend who was a year ahead of him, uh, Blaze, that was at Oklahoma State and very successful. Mm -hmm. And so um, he decided to go to Oklahoma State, which was great with me. Um, I, you know, you always as a parent, I as a parent, mm -hmm. think of, well, what if this or what if that or whatever. Is there a part of me that would have loved for him to be at Stanford? Just from, uh, hey, I could tell all my friends my kid was at Stanford. Absolutely. But the reality is what was best for Jack. Mm -hmm. And the thing that was best for Jack was Oklahoma State. He went there. Um, he had a great time. He made a lot of good friends. He um, excelled academically, didn't have any issues there. Uh, then the dirty COVID hit, and he had COVID college. The COVID college for Jack changed his entire experience at, at Oklahoma State. Yep. Not their fault, um, but – that's what happened. And so Jack decided he didn't want to go to Oklahoma State anymore. And so um, 
He was going to go one more semester at Oklahoma State, and then he was going to transfer. And if you look, even before anything else, if you just look at what we were paying for yeah. versus what they were getting yeah. in COVID college, it, it it made no sense really to keep, I would no. say, 90% of the students there. It didn't make sense. No. And again, maybe that's for another podcast. But, no, but it's actually the, true. The, the, yeah. So he made a very, I think, a very legitimate, very wise choice in his case. Yeah. And he's, and he's hyper-competitive. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so um, he wants to push and be pushed and be in that environment. And he wasn't getting that with COVID college. And so... Probably wouldn't have gotten that anywhere at COVID college, but he just happened to be, and he made the decision to make a change, which I respected and still do. Um, mm-hmm. He is now at the University of Texas at Dallas. Um, yeah. Looking back, part of me said, you know, we could have started there. That would have been fun. But he got the entire fraternity, big football, that whole experience. So he's really kind of getting, kind of covering a lot of bases. Yeah. So. So Carson's still at OSU, but he's pursued this music career that we've talked about. Oh, I've actually yeah. had Carson. If you haven't seen that episode, there's two episodes where I interviewed Carson about just growing up with m- mom and dad, you yeah. know, and then and then um, his music career. Um, so, so there's conversations we're having literally daily about does it make sense for Carson to stay and to get his business degree, marketing, music industry, whatever degree, versus going ahead and pursuing his music career that's already happening, right? And so there's, again, this goes to you admitted something or you confessed to something, I'll use that word, yeah. that, that many parents, I think, if we're honest— we would have to confess to as many times the path that we choose for our kids. Well, there we go. We chose it. They didn't choose it. Sure. And we, and I get it. We think, well, they're not smart enough to make the wisest choices at this age, which I would agree with that in general for, or for in many, in many aspects, but many times college just isn't for everyone. And it's, I mean, that statement, my dad would have never made that statement, right? Yeah. Many dads uh, of, of guys our age would not say that. No. Um, but many people, I mean, not just dads. But so there's this thing where parents want their kids to do things that maybe make them appear more success, successful than we were or have a better opportunity than we had. Right. And But you made the confession, hey, it'd be kind of cool to say, my kid was at an Ivy League school. Yeah. Right? Versus so, going to UNT. Yeah. Well, I think to— Which is a phenomenal school that my daughter actually went to. Yeah. The, yeah. the goal, though, for me, consciously, was always to let— to give our kids the opportunity to make choices and not have the world make the choice for them. So if you decide, I don't want to go to college, the world makes a lot of choices for you at that point. Mm-hmm. The Where you go to work will make choices for you. You can only get to this level at this company without a college degree. And so with the college degree, you can choose to not work at that company or do whatever you want, but you have the option to do to make your own choice. And so that's the thing is you want to try to do the best, help them make choices that allow them to make future choices, I mm-hmm. guess. And so you talk about Carson. I was working Carson pretty hard to go to full sale. I was too. Oh, I was working yeah. hard to get a full yeah. sale. But, but we see, we, you, and you, said, you said it, you started yeah. naming guys who were, who were at OSU. 
you've got the social aspect. A right. lot of my friends are going to college at this place, and I want to go be with my friends, right? right? And so a while full sale would have been a great, great deal for the music choice. Um, man, you know, it, this is scary going off to college, and I'm going to start adulting or being responsible, doing things on my own. And he kind of wanted that safety net of having Jack and Mason and Calvin and all these guys around. And, you know, in, end up most of them pledging the same fraternity, right? Well, and you don't, you also thing. don't want Carson at his giant LA mansion 10 years from now, right? Sitting out by the pool going, <laughs> God, man, I wish I'd have been a fraternity in college. Right. That'd have been really cool. Yeah. Or I Missed wish I had a football that. team to root for or whatever. Or, you know, I wish I had some more fresh orange juice. You so know, we're that, trying you know. to juggle what makes sense, what economically, financially for your family, uh, what uh, makes sense. Does it make sense for a kid to go four years and be in debt? And will they get a job that's going to have a salary commensurate with the debt that they have? And I mean, a lot of people have deconstructed that entire idea, like I said, and I, I know we could go down that path. But again, just assuming that OSU and you know UTD UTD, is still yeah. the place for our for our boys... Another part of this conversation is you and I looked back about, what, six months maybe after they were in university, and and we just started having these conversations. Look, like, moms have no trouble, like, seeking help from other moms and talking about oh, yeah. everything, right, anything and everything. And dads are a little bit more like, hey, we got this. You know, yeah, I know what right. I'm doing. And we're clueless, right? We yeah. And we just started having these conversations <laughs> How clueless we were and like, why aren't more guys asking for help and being able to maybe direct their sons or talk, you know, how are we going to pay for this? Like oh, what yeah. makes sense about paying for college and, and um, what are some of the things that we could have done to prepare our boys better for the experience that they're having now? Sure, right. Sure. So you and I started bouncing ideas about maybe even doing a podcast to right. that nation. So so give me your thoughts on that. Like why why that came up? Do you remember the impetus or the the catalyst for that? I don't know exactly. I know that I that I'm I've been active in a men's group and one of the things that, that I've talked to that group a lot about is how isolation is is such a tool f- to break men down. Mm. And and so yeah. You know, I'd go to that group and I would say, okay, I, I'm going to tell you the story. It's a little embarrassing, but it's so unique that you guys are really going to have to digest this. And then as you tell the story, half the room is nodding their head. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been there. We did that. Yeah. Yeah. My kid's 27. Yeah. I, I remember. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And that feeling of this isn't unique and is so uplifting and comforting that, hey, you know, that that guy, he, he survived it, and and we're going to get through this. And so I think that communicating, men communicate differently, obviously, and, you know, I have a lot of friends. I have to. I have to keep moving, and I have to have a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. And I love to talk to smart people, and that's one reason I love to sit down and talk to you. And so I just love it. Oh, wow. But um, Got you. Snowed. But, <laughs> no, I'm telling you, but the uh, – there are a lot of men that I know that have very few friends. Uh, it's it, just how they're wired or whatever. Yeah. But it isolates them, and and I can't imagine living in that world because because I would really struggle. And so I think that the idea was to be able to take that message of hey, we've been through this, and this is how we got through it, and we survived relatively unscathed, um, mm-hmm. and our wives still speak to us. You know. Yeah. 
that that was kind of what I was thinking. And, and I still think it's a good idea. Who knows what will happen? And while we're here, I want to put a paper clip in and just or just park it for for just a second and yeah. just just expand on that idea of of how men tend to isolate because we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but it's 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 always bears repeating, right? That that we've got this idea that um, you know John Eldridge and his stuff, Wild at Heart and Father by God, right. that we're on our own. Many of us had the experience that our fathers at some point checked out, and we get the idea, man, I'm on my own. And it's like the question mark that hangs over it. Do I have what it takes? Right. Do, and, and in our private, silent, what he would call a shadow poser self, we don't want to come out and say, dude, I, I'm scared to death. I don't know yeah. what I'm doing, right? So we talk about, you know, we, we do our sports, we do our job, and we make money, and he's like, what do you do? What do you do? And we talk about what we do for a living. And meanwhile, we don't say, man, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to being a husband. Yeah. Like, I've never been a husband before. I don't I, I know how to, you know, swing a bat and hit a ball. Sure. I know how to put a round ball and hoop, right? Right. I know how to talk sports, but I have no idea how to raise this toddler, I don't know how to connect oh, to a Lord. seven-year-old girl or a teenage girl yeah. or the good night, the drama in the in the middle school day. You know, it's like we don't know what we're doing. And many times, if our if our dads, if you will, were checked out or the models we had as parents, they weren't there showing us how would we really know how to do any of that stuff or do it well. And and then think about how many of us. Maybe it's the first time in our family's history that somebody's gone to school. Maybe yeah. we didn't go to college. And if right. we did, our parents didn't share how they paid for it. Yeah. They didn't, you know, maybe they oh, did, or, or maybe they didn't pay for it. 280 bucks a semester. Yeah. <laughs> There's that, yeah. right? Um, but but maybe we were on our own. And now it's like, should I have my kid invest? Do I pay for it? Do I have them pay for it? There's just, nobody's talking about that. And so you show up with this, I'm clueless and I'm just doing what I think's right. And how helpful it could be just for me how helpful it was when I started talking to you and saying, man, dude, how are we going to pay for this? Yeah. Like, okay, another dad doesn't have it figured out. <laughs> well, I, uh, my daughter went to Texas A&M mm-hmm. and um, we went to the deal where you go and check them in to school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was a three-day deal. Orientation. Right, three right. days of orientation. And nowhere on there is it we go to the financial office and talk about how we're going to pay for this. So they had some deal that I wasn't interested in and I told uh, Amy, I said, I- I'm going to the financial go aid here. office. Yeah. So I walked in the door, this very <laughs> sweet young lady, and I said, um, I said, is it okay if I close this door? And she said, I guess. And I said, well, there's going to be some screaming and crying. <laughs> and I don't want you know everybody out here to hear what's going on. And she said, are you going to make me cry? I said, no, no, I- I'm going to be, I- you-, you don't have to pay for this. I do. And I closed the door and I just asked her, I said, how do people pay for this? How does mm. this work? Mm-hmm. I don't have any idea. And she broke it down for me and made it understandable and digestible and gave me all the resources I needed and was very sweet and helpful. And But, you know, because there's not – because men don't ask that question, there's not the demand for that. And so the data is not fed to you in that way, yeah. right? We're not – we just like, oh, we'll figure it out. Figure it out. And then we wake up, you know, paying kids' school debts the mm-hmm. rest of our lives. Well – and just from a practical standpoint, whether it's talking about sending your kid to college and how you're going to pay for it, or raising teenage, you know, daughters, or you know, 
buying your first house with the mortgage <laughs> stuff or, or buying cars. Many of us don't know what we're doing, but we feel like we're supposed to. And, right. and the difference there, that gap between what, we're suppo- what we think we should know how to do and the reality that we don't, that causes anger. There's fear. Sure. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to look stupid, right? Right, and so I've got to wreck this imposter and this this poser that's sort of standing around the other all the other guys that act like it's it, it takes one guy because then, then that leads to anger. All, sure. What, so you know, all the psychologists say under fear is anger. There's actually sadness and shame too. But that fear of I don't know what I'm doing right. can lead to a lot of anger in in men. Right? right. We just we feel irritated all the time. We blow up because we feel stupid or ashamed. I should know what I'm doing. And it takes one guy to kind of pull up next to, to someone else. And say, hey, dude. You know what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. like, no, dude, uh-huh. I'm clueless. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, I'm not alone. Okay, so no, let's figure this out. And and just as we talk, it's like, right. I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. I'm right. not stupid. This guy, he's kind of in the same boat. And I, I can learn things from him, and he can learn things from me. And that's been so valuable. And I just, I just want to say, look, if you're going into this season, you know, right. That you should grab a buddy and say, "Hey, man, I'm clueless. Let's let's kind of lock arms and figure this stuff out together." With any of it, yeah. With any, with of, any it. of it, yeah. yeah, yeah. So pivoting a little bit away. Right. So you knowing, man, the, again, the kind of stock that Jack has come from. Because I mean, I got to know this kid. He's a great kid, and he and Carson are, are you know, they start their business together, and they've stayed. Oh yeah, remain good friends. We got to be friends, and I got to see how much you care about your family, right? right? How you've really, really tried to father your son and your daughter well, how you've loved your wife through her, you know, battling uh, oh, breast yeah. cancer and cancer. recovery and, yeah. and all that. And I've just seen just the things you value. And I, I, I respect a guy who values their family as it's one of the highest things that you can value in life, right? Sure. David, thank you, man. It was a uh, look at the time, man. Flew, didn't it? How did we stop yeah, yeah, yeah. at 36 minutes? <laughs> so I look forward to more, man. We can talk again about our boys and where they end up. Uh, Let's talk about how successful they are when they get out of college. Can, can you believe Carson's a junior now? Yeah. yeah. I can believe it. Yep. Yep. So, and then hopefully I can be on your on your uh, podcast as Oh, yeah, well. we'll do that. Talk about the healing place. All awesome. right, brother. Thanks, right. man. You Appreciate bet. it. Thank you. So I hope you've enjoyed our conversations. Remember to like, share, follow, subscribe, and all that good stuff. And if you ever wanna talk to someone in the Healing Place, we're here for you. Please pick up the phone and call, email, or find us on crosstimberschurch.org, The Healing Place, or find us on our Facebook page, The Healing Place Group.